Welcome to the Proper Lookout Podcast, published by the Statutory Insurance Group of McCabe Kerwood. In this series, our CTP experts will discuss a range of topics, sharing their thoughts on an industry trend or an intriguing legal issue, explaining the intricacies of an important case, and hopefully imparting some of the knowledge that they have gained. Hi, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Proper Lookout Podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing the approval of settlements in the Commission and Procedural Direction MA3. I'm joined today by my colleague, Lorette Risk, who is a solicitor in our department. Lorette, can you tell us a little bit more about this Procedural Direction? Sure. Procedural Direction MA3 covers the process for approval of settlements for damages concerning unrepresented claimants. In essence, the assessment process in these circumstances is accelerated as a member will be required to consider all the evidence of a claim prior to the decision as to whether the proposed settlement is timely, appropriate, that is, just, fair and reasonable, as well as understanding, ensuring that the claimant understands the proposed settlement and is willing to accept it. As you know, Lorette, the procedural direction is made by the President under Section 21 of the Personal Injury Commission Act of 2020. Listeners, this is new territory for personal injury lawyers. As we all know, under MACA, there was no such thing as needing unrepresented settlements to be approved. That's right, Renee. If the insurer and an unrepresented claimant resolve the matter, the insurer is bound by the Act to make an application to the Commission on behalf of the parties, preferably within seven days of the settlement. So listeners, there are restrictions on settlement of claims for damages. This is described by Section 6.23 of MIA and 95 of the Commission rules. Renee, can you tell us a bit more about the restrictions that apply? Thanks, Lorette. Well, listeners, there are three restrictions. Firstly, a claim for damages by an injured person cannot be settled within two years after the motor accident unless the degree of permanent impairment of the injured person as a result of the injury caused by the motor accident is greater than 10%. Secondly, a claim for damages cannot be settled unless Firstly, the claimant is represented in respect of the claim by an Australian legal practitioner. Or secondly, the proposed settlement is approved by the Commission. Ah, Renee, that's exactly what we are discussing today. Exactly, Lorette. And thirdly, listeners, the Commission is not to approve the settlement of a claim unless satisfied that the settlement complies with any applicable requirements of or made under this Act or the Motor Accident Guidelines. So, what is included in the insurer's application? That's a great question. Thanks, Lorette. In the insurer's application, the amount of the proposed damages settlement must be detailed, including a breakdown amount allowed for each head of damage, as well as the calculations used to reach the sum. Lorette, what else needs to be detailed in the application for proposed damages settlement? Well, Renee, the other things that need to be detailed uh, if the insurer has applied any reductions to the proposed settlement sum, then the insurer must provide detailed brief reasons and calculations as to how those deductions were applied. This is quite relevant when a claim involves contributory negligence. Oh, that's really interesting. And what about advance payments, Lorette? Well, that's one of the other things that need to be detailed, specifically where an insurer has made advance payments. They must provide the amount, the date, Again, providing brief reasons why the insurer made those payments. And also, in addition to providing written reasons, the application must include all evidence, documents and materials 
relevant to the insurer's assessment of the proposed settlement sum. That's really interesting, Lorette. It seems like it places a higher duty of care on insurers during the settlement process for the self-represented claimant. Yes, it certainly has that effect. Once the insurer satisfies the statutory requirements, the claim is then ready to undergo the settlement approval process. Well, listeners, we're glad you joined us for today's episode of the Proper Lookout podcast. We will be discussing the intricacies of the settlement approval process in another episode of the Proper Lookout podcast. Lorette, thank you so much for joining me today. And we'll see you. And we'll see you listeners in the next one. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Proper Lookout podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. For more information on anything discussed, please contact Peter Hunt at peter.hunt at mccabecurwood.com.au or visit our website to see McCabe Kerwood's full team of specialists.